Welcome to episode three of Run Your Mouth. I'm David Melling, and this week's guest is Matt Hughes of Bowerman Track Club. Matt is a 2016 Olympian and a Canadian record holder in the 3,000 meter steeplechase, as well as a two-time NCAA champion at the University of Louisville. He competed at Boston University last weekend and came by the track house to record an awesome episode. If I took away anything from this one, it's that Bowerman guys totally get what we're about here at Run Your Mouth. Matt showed up with a great attitude and lots of good stories. Our co-host this week was Louis Sarfini, a 1354 5K runner and Olympic trials qualifier who manages the store here at Tracksmith. As a reminder, you can join us here Friday mornings to start your day with a live recording and pastries from Hearth Banking Company. Until then, I've been David Melly, and this is Run Your Mouth. Okay, welcome to Run Your Mouth, Long Run Talk for Long Talking Runners. This is episode three, we're here in the Tracksmith Track House, uh, nice and fueled up with our baked goods from Hearth Baking Co. Um, <laughs> we are here this week with Matt Hughes, uh, runner for Bowerman Track Club, who's in town this weekend running the 3K at BU at the Valentine Invite. Uh, Matt, Matt, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. First time here, it's a great little setup. Yeah, we have a good crew. And my co-host today is Louis Serafini. Hey, David. Uh, Tracksmith Hair AC, Mizuno, manager of the track house, the uh, all-star, and my <laughs> rabbit this weekend. So Yeah, I'm excited to be on. Uh, it's been a fun ride so far, so get to actually be on the show now. We're uh, here to uh, have some fun. It's going to be... Uh, gonna be a mellow one it's nice and rainy out we uh yeah, got a little tired <laughs> <laughs> but uh the runs in the can everyone's uh coffeeed up and we're ready to roll uh let's start with this weekend it was a busy it was a busy boston weekend I feel yeah like everyone... it's always so cool when like so many people just like come to boston to run like it's really great living in a city where like people just come to you to run fast so i feel like this was like the first time this year where that happened so it's nice. It's always fun to have. Although it's annoying because we were at, we were at BU all day yesterday, and then New Balance had the Grand Prix over at Reggie, and it felt like I didn't even know anything that was happening. Um, we gotta talk to the scheduling a little bit. <laughs> Do you have a favorite race from this weekend, Lewis? Yeah, I was thinking about that, um, and it's like kind of just like what you just said. Like I don't know really what happened at the the Grand Prix because I was just at BU all day, um, like right up until the five Ks, which go until like. I think there were seven heats of the 5K that ended at, like, 9.30 last night. So um, I have to go with the BU race, I guess. I was kind of just sitting around my apartment getting ready for my race, uh, which was Saturday. So on Friday afternoon, I watched, like, the whole women's meet. And I thought the women's mile was a really great race. Um, I was at Milrose last weekend and got to watch the women's mile, and um, Elle Perrier ran that one. And I think she placed pretty well in the Milrose one. But they ran kind of slow. They ran 4.30, I think. And it was really cool to watch her win the women's mile at BU and run, like, I, I don't know what her time was, 26, 27? I think maybe, it was 26, maybe yeah. Maybe faster. So that was, that was probably my favorite. She had a big kick, and it was fun to watch. So yeah. good racing. She's also super nice. So it's always yeah, it's one of those her. people. Yeah, she's really sweet. Also um, good New England roots, too. True. So. New Hampshire girl. Mm-hmm. 
All right, Matt, you got a favorite race from this weekend? Um, I mean, I didn't really get to watch a lot of them, but obviously the one that like stands out on paper the most is Ches Mile. I mean, the second fastest into a mile ever behind Elgarir, so um, it's pretty crazy. So anytime someone runs under 350, it's pretty crazy. And um, I just heard he's been doing some crazy work at Southern Flag, so and he's obviously super fit coming back and running 8:30 and taking down like two pretty huge guys in Gabriel and and Kevin Meskel over at Reggie. So um, I think those two uh, are two pretty good performances. And then over in Washington, we had a couple of our Bowerman girls uh, run a pretty fast 5K. I think Emily and Gwen uh, both ran like 15-15. So, I mean, that's pretty solid. For, Decent. <laughs> yeah. Early. Uh, yeah. People so. are talking about Gwen with that debut. The, the yeah, I mean, for people that like don't really know that much, Gwen was the gold medalist um, at Rio in the uh, triathlon. Um, she had a baby after, ran New York, just kind of for fun after, ran like 240 or something, and now she's getting into the marathon. She moved out to Portland, she's training with our group, and she's kind of like a beast. Just I mean, keep busy. Yeah. Yeah. She's not just like, winter Olympic yeah. <laughs> the hours that she puts into like the, the swimming and the biking that she doesn't really do now more just cross training stuff. I think she's got a lot more energy for the track stuff and she's really picking it up and yeah, I think every time she gets she gets on the track and does her workout, I think Joey is pretty impressed in what she does. So um, yeah, I think Maybe probably a pretty big marathon in the fall is in the line for her, but we'll see. It's always like kind of like Dude. a crapshoot. You guys have all the cool kids in town. You got what Kate, Grace, Marielle, um, what Mark Scott just joined the men's team, right? Yeah, and Josh Thompson, and in which all four I haven't met yet. So oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, Are they at altitude right now? Or? Um, so like I recently just like moved back to Toronto. Uh, is where I grew up just outside Toronto. Um, so I'm still with Bowerman. My my girlfriend actually got kicked out of the country and deported. So. I left and came back with her and um, just had a, like, a pretty good chat with Jerry um, post-Worlds and we just like, you know, we knew with this year being kind of like an off year next year, the championships being in like Doha in October, it was just going to be like kind of a weird setup where like I could do most of my base training in the fall by myself in Toronto and then when we start meeting up for altitude trips and, and like hard training in Portland, I would just fly in for the month or whatever, so, so cool. far it's worked out, so we'll see. Well, if there are any uh, immigration agents listening, Maddie is pretty cool, and you should definitely let her back into the country. Uh, if for nothing else than the, you know, hub of American distance running. <laughs> Great. Well, that's fun. That's um, a new adventure for you, I guess. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been nice, like, getting back to Toronto, like, reconnecting with the running community there. There's um, two coaches that I, I worked with before um, going to college, uh, Eddie Raposo and Dave Reed both kind of coach some really good guys and girls. Like they both coach um, Kate Van Buskirk right now. So I actually was doing a lot of running with Kate in the fall and she's killing it on the track right now. Um, so yeah, it's been nice to just kind of kind of do my own thing. Sometimes the, the workouts with the Byron guys in the fall can get a little out of hand. So it's been nice to kind of just <laughs> do my own thing in the fall and just um, prepare the way I know that I need to. So David and I both. We have each other and a couple other people, but more or less work out alone. And sometimes it's better to not race every single workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, exactly. And, Although yeah. you do, you do get to appreciate company that way. You get yeah, someone yeah, else in yeah. a workout with you. For like, sure. yeah, finally. Yeah, there's a lot of pros to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, one of my best friends is from Kitchener, and he made me promise to ask you if you have a favorite 
O-F-S-S-S-A-A or whatever. Offsa. A favorite Offsa memory. Yeah, I like how you didn't even try to pronounce it. I didn't know if the, because it's like abbreviated. It's like Ohio. Offsa is like the Ontario Championship, so like our provincial championships and like in Canada, it's kind of a sore subject for people outside of Ontario because I is like the best, and everyone else kind of sucks. Kind of thing is like the mentality, and it's like BC kids like hate Offsa, and it's like Offsa as a high schooler is like winning an Offsa medal is like more important than like winning an Olympic gold medal or anything like that. So the kids in Ontario take it pretty serious, and uh, probably second in cross was was a highlight as well that year but I'd, I'd have to say winning the steeple because it was my only gold medal in Offsa so cool there you go and then you ended up at so you ended up at Louisville for university right yep and yeah. there's a lot that's like a Canadian pipeline over there right there's yeah a bunch it was of... at one point so a lot of people don't realize I went to Clemson for a semester first um, and then the coach actually ended up like more or less being pushed out by the administration, so he gave me my release, and then uh, I was planning on just going back to Ontario for a year and just kind of figuring out what I wanted to do before I went back to the NCAA, and then um, Grace Allen, the coach at Louisville at the time, had recruited me, um, so my mom and I were driving back up with all our stuff from Clemson, and we just stopped in, and our plan was to actually go to Tulsa as well for a recruiting trip, but I just kind of like hit it off with Grace and really liked the program, and he had a like success with some steeplers, and um, I was like, "Yeah, let's just do it." And just kept my stuff there. And there you go. Yeah, could have been ACC rivals if you stayed at Clemson. Yeah, I know. You've been all over the place. You've been like Utah, Oregon. Do you have a Do you have a favorite, you know, girlfriend's immigration status notwithstanding, favorite place <laughs> to train? Um, yeah, I think like. It, like Flagstaff is like amazing. I think like Park City was like the the first time I've been there is when I joined Jerry's group. It's pretty it's pretty good. Like uh, St. Mertz is amazing. Um, but I think like if I had like my ideal setup and like could like move like our group somewhere and we've talked about it in our group before. I think it's like living in like Scottsdale and then like being having the ability to just like go to Flagstaff whenever. We're, we talk about it in our group all the time that we're surprised that there isn't a pro running group in Scottsdale or like just outside of Phoenix, like Tempe area, but it's just like amazing, all those canals. I mean, the weather is like 70 and sunny every single day, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, I, I can never, I've never been to Flagstaff, but I can only imagine what it's like just having, like you just run into, you know, every other pro there. You know? Yeah, like it, it's weird though, like Flag isn't like a huge city, but like there's times like when you up there that you know that there's like a ton of other pros up there like I was up there like middle of November through to the middle of December and like Robbie was up there and I only ran into Robbie once the firming group was up there I think I only ran into them once so like the thing about flag is like there's so many running places that like there can be like dozens and dozens of athletes up there but you could never see them because like you just huh. run at different times in different places that's kind of surprising to me i've never been there i was either, gonna say yet, so. in boston you run into everyone on the river so yeah, right. <laughs> boston, if, i don't i can't remember the last time i went on a run on the river and didn't see somebody that i knew it would yeah. have to be like super early in the, well even if you go early in the morning I, you see like different fa- everyone's just out running in such a running city so. yeah any track you work out at like six in the morning on like the Harvard track and just Harvard hit, melting pot yeah, yeah every Boston base runner that like has to work a real job is yeah. like yeah. out there because you, you were over at Harvard and that track's amazing. Like, it's kind of like an unspoken rule that you can just kind of like... We can't have this on 
recording. They're going to kick the us Harvard, out. Yeah. The Harvard University track and field coach is going to be listening to this. <laughs> I have, well, I just have nightmares that like one, one day we're going to just show up and the door. doors will be all closed. Yeah. And it's like, well, fuck, there goes the entirety of Boston post-collegiate running. <laughs> yeah. I was working out with the BC team last week and one of the assistant ADs was there and I was talking to him about how like, it's so crazy when all the club teams show up in the morning and like BC definitely pays to use the track and I was like halfway through my sentence and like he was just like so you guys just you don't pay you just go right on and I was like uh yeah it's kind of just like this unspoken thing like so we know who to blame when they kick us out it's definitely gonna be my fault if we ever get kicked out because of how much you talk about it (laughs) I'm just very intrigued by it I think it's pretty cool so well I just love like having that having that community and whether you know it's flag or even just in your own team like I know it's you know the there's the pros and cons of being on your own, but with a group. But just having having someone around who gets it. Yeah, yeah, great. for sure. Do you have a so? All right, what's the best thing that Canada has, but U.S. the U.S. doesn't? Uh, I mean, the first thing jumps out to buy is like free healthcare. <laughs> Fair enough. But it's that is like, a good thing. I, I guess. feel like it's like a healthy individual. Like I don't take advantage of the healthcare system in Canada. Really, like I, I'm not someone that like needs like. I can't remember the last time like I actually saw my family doctor about something that yeah, I you needed. Don't, don't so need a flu shot or anything yeah. like that. You say that now. Yeah, was everyone knocking on wood? Cause. So yeah, I don't know, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just, like, my family being there. Like, the big thing, like, moving back this fall has been nice is, like, you get to, like, just, like, have Sunday dinner with your family and stuff and, like, say goodbye and then realize that, like, I can just, like, drive out to, like, Oshawa the way I grew up and where my parents are, like, 30 minutes and just, like, pop in whenever and see them, which is awesome. So it's, uh, and I think Canadians are just, like, generally, like, nicer people. (laughs) We definitely honk less. It's funny being in Boston, like, driving around and people just, like, laying on their horns. It's like, I like it because it's aggressive driving and I drive, like, aggressively, but it's just, like... I I grew up here and I drive like a Boston (laughs) driver and... Boston drivers just do whatever they want. And they're all terrible drivers. I mean, I like it because, like... In Toronto and especially in Portland, like people just like drive in the left hand lane just to drive there. Like they get there and like drive the speed limit, and I'm just like riding their ass and like not honking, but I'm like aggressively driving up on them. Like, Port- will they get the hint that they should probably unheard of in Canada? <laughs> Portland was horrible. We were in Portland this summer and you know, we had, like, rented a car, we're driving around and stuff, and, like, you, both Eugene and Portland, I'm like, why is everyone in this city driving 30 miles an hour? I don't understand. <laughs> it's like, and, like, this is bad, but it's just, like, it's like a senior citizen, like, gets on, the like, the freeway in Portland and, like, merges right over to the left-hand lane <laughs> and then goes, like, five miles under the speed limit. It's just, like, what are you doing? I'm very vocal with my horn, much to the chagrin of, of people who drive with I mean, me sometimes. I don't really use the horn. It's more, like, I'll pass in the middle lane and then, like, cut them off. That works too. (laughs) Well, you know, it's the opposite of that is in Maine, they have this highway speed limits are 70 and it's Maine. So there's no one there. And so you'll be like, you'll be going like 80 or 85 and someone's just like some like guy in a giant truck is like on your ass. Like, just like, you know, why are like, you're like, I'm going 85. What do you want from me? I mean, I can't blame Portland too much because like, they definitely didn't like plan like the highway systems for like the growth of the city. So, what do you drive? Uh, a Subaru. The, I, uh, what, kind of, what kind of Subaru? Uh, an Impreza back. Okay. 
There you go. I was a longtime owner of a Subaru hashback, and it was tragically murdered by a tree. I've heard good things about Subarus. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was sad. That was horrible. Yeah, I, yeah my dad My dad worked uh, in GM, so when I was, like, buying the Subaru, I, like, didn't really tell him at first, because <laughs> I knew he was going to be, like, kind of pissed, but I heard some really good things about Subaru, Jim and one. Jagger had a Subaru, so... I only heard good things, and obviously, like, that's, like, the only car people drive in Portland. Yeah. It's well, nice. What did Scott Smith drive again? That should be a new He had a... What car do you drive? drive? Um, <laughs> was it? <laughs> oh, it was a Kia Soul. Kia Soul. But, yeah, no, we had... I, like, I always had the hatchback, and as much of it as it's, like, a dad car, when you're in college, it's great, because you just, like, throw everybody in the back after practice, and, like... You've got, like, 11 people with, with statute of limitations. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, when I was going through the process of, like, buying my car, like, I, I did, a, like, a lot of research, and, like, Woody was, Woody Kincaid, who joined our group last year, he was, like, looking for a car as well. So, like, I obviously, like, wanted to go through, like, a dealership and get, like, pretty certified and all that stuff. And then, like, Woody, like, went on to, like, Craigslist and, like, got some car that, like, ended up, like, so, like, when he comes to practice one day, he's like, yeah, I got this, like, good deal on, like, this Volvo, like, off Craigslist, but, like, the guy doesn't have any, like, pink slips for it, and we're like, yeah, what do you think? That's red flags. It's definitely stolen. He seems like a good guy. Then he got a good deal. Yeah, he's like, he seems like a decent guy. Like, it'll be fine. I'm like, what do you definitely stolen? So, like, he gets the car and, like, drives it to, like, waits one day and like one of the mirrors are like hanging off and it's like duct taped and we're just like what are you like come on man like it turns out that like like i don't know how how it happened but like the authorities got involved and it turned out that like it was it was hot oh my god like what do you come on so like i guess he got like the cash back from the guy like gave the car back and then like now he's got some. Like, is it? A, it's not illegal to buy a car off of Craigslist, right? No, no, no it's not. But like, obviously, it's illegal. I, to buy I'm sure a car he would. I was gonna say, I'm sure he would have to <laughs> probably like some way verify that he wasn't like an accomplice. Yeah, that's what I guess. That's what happened. Like, he was pretty like upright with the cops about it, but it was just like it was just like the classic like we told you Woody, but you didn't listen. So. I will. I will. All right. So, pl- plugging another podcast. Woody has a podcast called Price of a Mile, where he interviews. Bowerman, his Bowerman teammates. You haven't been on it yet, have no, you? No, I kind of like refuse to be on it. <laughs> I'm sure um, I'll get dragged into it sooner later. I, uh, you know, full disclosure, I've never met Woody, but I love, he's so weird and I love it. <laughs> he always yeah, no, like. Woody's definitely like an acquired taste. Like, and I was kind of like upright with him like, like a couple months after joining the group. Like he joined the group, I was like pretty skeptical. I was like, what is this guy doing? Like, he's just like. It's just, like, he's genuinely a good guy, but, like, you need to, like, get to know him first because he's just got this, like, weird humor, like, just, like, says whatever's on his mind. Like, we joke on the team that, like, what he has, like, no internal dialogue. He just, like, says what's on his mind. Like, and if everyone just, like, said what they thought, it would just be, like, so weird, right? So, like, he just, like, like, what he'll do is, like, he'll just, like, start a conversation in his head and then, like, start blurting the conversation with us like midway through we're like what are you talking about like explain yourself see uh, I'm an acquired taste so I respect that <laughs> I, know, I was listening to him describe this person that I know nothing about and I was like oh, sounds a little like David <laughs> fair enough <laughs> He has, so he always asks people for their best Jerry story. Do you have a best Woody story? Although the car one is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, the car one is definitely like... People like that, though, there's always a million stories. Yeah, yeah Woody's got too many. Like, Woody's, like... 
we have this like thing on the group like in the group like we call like burrito bets so like we'll just like bet on like just like random stuff and like cd and woody and dan are always like making burrito bets and stuff like so for example like last year at bu like me and dan had a burrito bet like who would like like win in the mile like he beat me so I bought him a burrito and I think like Woody and Lopez had one where like who who beat each other in the 3k and Woody ended up beating so he had burrito so like Woody's just like constantly throwing out these like absurd burrito bets so um but like one of the things that's funny about Woody is like he we're we're in Flagstaff last year watching the Super Bowl and obviously the Patriots win and Woody like despises Tom Brady <laughs> despises Bill Belichick and like apparently like Woody like didn't go to bed that night. He was just like stirring. He was so mad about the game. He was just like walking around in the middle of the night. He just like couldn't get to sleep. So there's too many Woody stories, but I like that. I I like that so far every single episode of our podcast burritos have come up in one way. That might have to be an occurring recurring theme. We should just when we need a burrito sponsor for the podcast, definitely. Oh, for sure. And we should just have burritos in here all the time. But yeah, although, yeah, I don't know if that would be, like, you know, <laughs> eating after the podcast, maybe. What was your, what's the best, what's the best burrito bet you've made? I was, like, on a streak of, like, winning a lot of burrito bets. <laughs> That's good. I joined the group, like. It's that competitive. Yeah, instance. I was, like, batting, like, 900. It was ridiculous. Um... Definitely the most devastating one was, like, I was pretty confident that I was going to be down in the mile last year here, and, like, he just, like, pulled this race out of his ass and beat me, and I was just like, God, man, like, what the hell, you totally sandbagged workouts, and then just, like, beat me. Are they all running-related? No, like, I think, like, Dan and Lopez had, like, one whether, like, Trump would, like, like, be president, so just, like, random stuff. Or, that's a tough burrito bet. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, there's just, like, a lot of it's just, like, random stuff. I'd, ha- I'd have to go into, it, like, there's probably currently, like, 12 burrito bets, like, like right now on the line, just about, like, random stuff, so. We... We're going to have to start doing this list. Burrito bets? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like odds. In college, we always had, like, odds are where, like, you would say a number to do something. But a lot of those were probably not, you know, podcast-friendly content. So, (laughs) you know, you got to think about the brand a little bit. That's great. Do you have a best Jerry story? There's a lot that, like, if it got back to Jerry that I told it, he would be pretty pissed. But I remember the very first time He's I def- met... He's not going to hear this. Don't worry. The very first time I met Jerry was... Um, so it's 2011. Um, right after NCAAs, I missed the Olympic standard by, like, one second. I think I ran, like, 824 uh, in Des Moines. And so, like, me and my coach were like, yeah, you have, like, a real possibility of making the world championship team, which was in Daegu, South Korea, <laughs> that summer. So we started, like, searching around and trying to, like, chase the standard a little bit more. Um, and it was kind of coming to the deadline. And um, so we're trying to get into Houston, and we can't get into Houston. And I'm, like, kind of, like, going through as many people, as resources as possible. And... Um, all of a sudden, I just get this like unknown phone call, and it's um, Ryan Fenton from Flowtrack, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey man, like I have some good news and some bad news." And I was like, "Okay." It's like the good news is like I got you, Monaco. The bad news is they're going after the world record. <laughs> so I was like, "Okay." So fly over to Monaco. First time ever being in a European race, and it's just like basically the most prestigious that so it's a good way to start <laughs> so um get there first time meeting jerry um i think um i think tagging camp and selinski were running the 5k um so i kind of like 
was hanging out with those guys for the, a couple days there, and Dan was running the steeple as well. And so, run the race, ended up hitting the B standard, so that was good. Um, race aside, we're back at uh, the, the Meat Hotel, and they kind of have this gala dinner. Like, all the, all the Diamond Leagues have, like, a, a, a nice dinner afterwards. So we're sitting, I'm sitting with, like, the Bowerman guys. I think Shalane was there. Um, we're kind of sitting there, this, like, nice dinner, and this, like, big prawn comes out, and it's, like, little, like, caviar and like rice, like something that like you're probably paying like a hundred dollars for. And Jerry just like kind of sits there, looks at it, and just like slouches down in his chair like a twelve year old, like, <laughs> like pushes it away. Like, I'm not eating this. <laughs> and I like had never met him before. And I'm just like, okay, like obviously this guy doesn't like it. And he just like sat there and stared at it and was just pissed off that like they didn't give him like a burger and fries. <laughs> and then basically twenty minutes later, Jerry hasn't said anything, he's just stewing in his seat. And then the dessert comes, and it's, like, chocolate fondue and, like, creme brulee, and now he's, like, the happiest guy in the world. Because <laughs> so. he just had low blood sugar. That was the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jerry's one of those guys is he travels the world to all these places with us racing, but it's just, like, we spent what it was, like, three weeks in Rio, and he ate steak and fries every single day. It's so a man after my own heart. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. I always get dragged to like b- interesting vegetarian places and I'm like this fucking bullshit like uh, there's nothing I can eat here I just want to go to five guys <laughs> yeah we'll revisit that later that's gonna be in the just round meal category <laughs> so I, I promise not to get too nerdy about steeple as a steeple chaser myself but do you have a best steeple fall story mm, I I never fallen in a race ever until Monaco this past year and um, yeah I was pretty mad afterwards more so just because it was like a missed opportunity. I spent probably about six weeks in the end of March going into April. I just like ran into a fire hydrant randomly and oh messed God. up my knee. I've had a few teammates that that's happened to. Yeah, so Those things like, don't move. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. And my like, training had been going really well and coming off indoors last year, just like ran into this fire hydrant. Like basically I like, couldn't run for six weeks. Um, like, and then, like, right before pre, I started, like, getting back and doing some workouts. We head up to Park City, had, like, a great altitude training, flew out to, um, um, to St. Moritz, did some more training there, and me and Jagger were both running Monaco, and Jerry's like, you're definitely ready, ready to run fast, like, I think you could get under 810, like, all the workouts kind of indicated that. And then 200 meters into the race, first barrier, just got caught up behind some guys, hit it, fell on... Just well, kind of like messed up my whole race. That's the worst. And other than that, I've never fallen in a steeple ever. Not even in practice. So. Well, again, we'll knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's. I broke my foot falling under in a water pit one time. Oh, so I, I have a little PTSD from that. That was like my second steeple chase ever, too. So it's amazing that I went on to have yeah, anything yeah. resembling a steeple yeah, career. <laughs> Do you. Are, are you half tights or shorts for steeple? Oh, shorts. Shorts. Yeah, shorts, like, everything. Like, I, I'll wear half tights and work when it's cold. But, yeah, I think just, like, I'm a split short guy all the way. Like, I love that, like, the world record and, like, the triple jump and the high jump and stuff is all done in, like, split shorts. Oh, they're crushing. The, the, I watched that hurdles race where they set the NCAA record. And after... I guess it's McLeod, right? And, like, Trayvon, like, started wearing the split shorts. Every single guy in, like, oh, yeah. the 60 hurdles now yeah, is in short like shorts. Just, it's ridiculous. it and running in split shorts, like, yeah. It's I'm definitely the move. I always, I always say I draw the line. It's a distance line for me. It's 3K steeple and shorter, I go half tights. And okay. then flat 3K and longer, I go shorts. Yeah, like, if I were to race, like, an 800, I, I might wear 
Like maybe you just feel a little bit faster and appetite. Yeah, you you, like, oh, you can't run like a sprinter, but you can look like one. You know. Yeah, so you go you go half tights for steeple. I go half tights for steeple. Why? What's the difference between that and like the flat three? I worry about wardrobe malfunctions sometimes. Yeah. That's always the you're going over those barriers. You got the photographers with the low angle shots. You know, it's you, crazy like what we do to just like trick ourselves into stuff. Like if and now that I say it, like people don't notice notice it more. Like. Jagger, when he does his pre-meet before steeple, he always wears half tights. And, like, he says it, like, it, like, restricts him a little bit. So then when he puts split shorts on the next day for the race, he you feels, feel like, faster, yeah. <laughs> and, like, more, like, able to move his legs. And it's, like, that's so, like, in your head. But it's, like, it's weird the things that, like, disenchanted do to trick himself. I do that with shirts and hard workouts. It's, like, I plan when I'm going to take off my shirt oh, in the workout. The so you're, like, take it off. And you're, like, all right, now I'm a little faster, a little lighter. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those days where you, like, you have, like, T-shirt, long sleeve hat. It's, like, okay, like, three reps in, I'll, like, take the hat off. Like, next <laughs> rep, I'll take the long sleeve. Like, next rep, I'll take the shirt. Next rep, I'll, t- I'll tie my shorts tighter. Yeah. It's, like, the little things that we do to, like, get ourselves through a tough workout. It's, it's Whatever funny. works. Yeah, it's always... I was so mad the they made us they made me tuck in my jersey yesterday and I, I never raced with like a tucked in jersey and you aggressively untucked yeah like halfway through the race I'm like fuck this I just like <laughs> yeah yeah it's always yeah, uh, I think that's how like I like the big thing like on the circuit is like they make you put the hip like they like you can't cover up the hip numbers right so that's why I think a lot of the guys have started to put the hip number like on their thigh because like I think a lot of the guys like. Like, me personally, like, I always tuck my shirt in, like, mm-hmm. I don't, for, for me, it's just like, oh, I'm at work, I'm, like, this is a business, like, I'm gonna, I'm like, <laughs> business, and tuck it in, but, like, that's a big thing like on that. our team, whether, like, like, because, like, Ryan doesn't tuck his shirt in, I think, like, a couple other guys, but, like, me, Jagger, Mo, Dan are, like, big, like, gotta tuck it. I go with the half tuck. Half tuck? Yeah. Tuck in front? Yeah, yeah. I tuck the, tuck the back. Because I'm, I'm short, so singlets are, like, always long on me and, like, go right over my butt, and I feel like it restricts me. So oh, okay, I yeah. tuck the back, and then I don't like it to feel like... It feels also feels restricting when it's tucked in the front, so yeah. I don't know. See, I always, like... See, that's also an advantage of half tights is you can throw the, the hip numbers a little lower. So that's like what, what size singlet do you wear? Medium, probably, medium? yeah. Small. Yeah, see, like, I'm, like, more, like, medium slash large for some yeah. reason. I, like... Like, I feel like, like, Mo likes, like, extra small. And I just feel like if I have any constriction on my chest, I feel like I can't breathe. Like, yeah. obviously, it's not that tight, and I can clearly breathe. But it's just, like, <laughs> so if, any, if anything is bugging me at all, like, I just, I can't handle it. So you're not breaking out the speed suit for the Stephen no, Chase anytime no. soon. I would, that would be hilarious. You should definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, the I, I like a little bad. But I also, like, I twist too much when I run and so if I'm wearing a baggy singlet a lot of times there'll be like weird like nip slip situations there you go yeah <laughs> oh man yeah are you a leg shaver does that yeah yeah, yeah. see that so helps like, with the, the numbers too probably like my family they're like what are you doing you loser but it's just like it's definitely like another thing that we do to like feel fast right yes we had a long debate about this on one of our previous but episodes I feel like a lot of it for me as well is just like have you ever got like a like our massage guy goes like super deep and like when you have really hairy legs it actually hurts a lot it does yeah and, like especially like sometimes he like there's like sometimes he won't use as much massage oil and he's just like pulling the hair out of your leg so like the difference between a massage when you don't have hairy legs and the difference when you do is just like night and day we had we recently invested in apartment massage oil <laughs> because one of our one of it's our roommates is like scene. an amateur 
trying teaching himself massage. Johnny, last episode's He's guest. In the audience, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we like but he would like just like rub you down a little bit before we had the oil and like it was it was pain it was painful for a lot of reasons and it was I'm I'm a convert on the the apartment massage, definitely. He's getting first, really good. He's the first like time not I walked in and David was like laying face down on our rug floor and Johnny was like straddling him on top. Rubbing him down, and I was like, "This is kind of weird." Well, I've been That's I've fun. been having like glute tightness recently too, so like literally, someone will walk in our apartment, and like Johnny's just like digging into my ass. Yeah, yep. no, that's not an exaggeration either. And, but I've gotten a few. Well, actually, I don't know if I've gotten one from Johnny. I've gotten the massage oil rubbed down in, at Kin Ross. Yeah. But and it's 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 pretty ideal. The massage oil makes. A big difference. Yeah, when but, we're like in the heart of the season, like up in St. Mertz or something in Park City, and our massage guy's not up there, we'll, uh, we'll be like, yeah, if you massage me for 30 minutes, I'll massage you. So yeah. Me you, and Jagger have done it back and forth. Um, bro, so you make it work, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah throw that on Who Instagram. Gives the best massage? Uh, well, I've only done it with Jagger. I feel like we're doing it with anyone else. So. Aww, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like that. All right, speaking of, this is perfect. This is a perfect segue. So the game we're playing today is the Bowerman Fantasy Draft. Yeah. So the way it works is we have some suggested uh, tasks, accomplishments, and you got to pick someone on your team with the best chance of getting it done. So we got some categories here. You can go men or women, men and women. It's up to you. Okay. Um, so first one. Uh, maybe uh, don't tell Woody about this, but uh, play quarterback in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm gonna preface this before we like get into this is that like we've had all these conversations on like group runs and our group chats. So that's like, the that's, that's the point of this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like it so there, there's gonna be some <laughs> there's gonna be some stories I'll get into here because like we actually literally talked about like who would be the best quarterback and we talked about like like doing like a sports decathlon and who would win and and I'm not true to my own horn but like it was me like I think <laughs> All I, right. and I don't think I like I know I'm the best like athlete on our team but quarterback I would say probably CD because like he would study the playbook where like none of else he doesn't seem like he'd be good at throwing the football oh no, he's got a good arm so with, same with Dan but I think like if we're talking like a dual threat quarterback it'd probably be me all right. Do they even have football in Canada, though? We do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> CFL, right? CFL. Yeah. Yeah, three downs. Three downs, really? Yeah. That's so, so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will pause on the game and say that you just made me so happy because literally the whole point of this podcast is, like, long-run talk. Yeah. Just, like, bringing that into yeah, yeah, a setting. Yeah, yeah I, that, I, we can stop now. This is good. Three <laughs> episodes and done. Yeah. Episodes. <laughs> All right. Who would be your best bet to climb Mount Everest? So we were literally talking about this a week ago, and on the run, how it came up is this, like, I guess, like, Nick Simmons is training to, like, get up Everest or something, right? I'm not sure. He's like, always doing some up. shit like, like that. Dan, Dan was telling us, because, like, Dan's in the know of, like, everything. So he, he brings it up, and I was just, like, and, like, jokingly, I just, like, say, like, and it's become, like, one of the things I do in the group is, like, I can just do anything. Like, there's nothing <laughs> I can't do. And I was just, like, teleport me to, like, Kathmandu right now. I would just, like, hike up Everest, like, no problem. But, like, in reality, we all came to, like, the conclusion that, like, any relatively fit person could do it given, like, the three circumstances. Like, do you get good weather? 
do you have like guides and everything and like can you just like be transported there like right now like i think like most runners or like athletic people could do it well i think because that pain threshold yeah but i think like the one thing the, like the two main things that you can't like control is like the weather obviously and that like once you get above like eight thousand meters it's like can you heart handle it because a lot of those people go to like well i was gonna say because you guys spend so much time at altitude like i right. think that would probably help all of you yeah yeah so yeah i i think i think everyone on our group could could go up who, who, but, but matt who would struggle yeah. who would struggle the most we decided that mo would because he's like 120 pounds <laughs> yeah once he got up there pretty high like he wouldn't be able to eat anything he'd just get tired so fast and that we concluded that like me cd and like dan are like the fattest so we'd be fine i was gonna say i, I think it would because you look at like so, like a lot of ultra people are pretty like like you know they're ultra runners so they're pretty skinny but like they they have different bodies and part yeah. of it i think is you need that fat storage yeah, at like yeah, yeah. the super long distances yeah i mean if we're talking like a like a whole like guide group and like sherpas carrying a backpack and stuff and like, yeah. everyone's got oxygen yeah i don't i don't think it's that difficult and if like if any like climbers are like listening to this and just like think i'm ridiculous <laughs> I'm, I'm, i don't know well i'm just thinking like no same moritz like the the bowerman training trip is gonna be nepal yeah. <laughs> next year yeah Jerry's gonna prove it to yourself finding like the highest place to train which is like why we're going to woodland parks in like a week it's just like flagstaff is no longer high enough for jerry so, <laughs> there you go going to higher places so yeah and you, well you gotta who, who handles altitude the best of your group Oh, I think, well, CD and Lopez don't even get a boost. So, like, they don't need, like, their blood is, like, so good that they found that, like, after they do that, like, hemoglobin test, they don't get a red blood cell boost. So, like, Jerry's just, like, they can just go anywhere and train. Like, Lopez can get there and just, like, crush training. Same with CD. Um, Mo struggles the most, but, like, Mo likes to complain, too. So, <laughs> I, I struggle a little bit. Like, it takes me about 10 days to get into it, but, like, after that 10-day period, I handle it quite well, so. Yeah, it's not easy, that's for sure. No. I've, I've only, I've done, like, Magnolia Road. Okay. And that's, I think, the highest I've run. Yeah. And that was not, I had been there for, like, a week, I think, and it was not pleasant at all. <laughs> um, who would you draft to win Dancing with the Stars? Oh, like, probably German, because he's got, like, those, like, Mexican hips or something. There you go. <laughs> and I've seen, I've, I've seen him on the dance floor. He's a good before. dancer? Yeah, him or Jagger. Just because, like, Jagger would, like, win over the audience with his, like, good looks. He, yeah, you, you know, the, he's got you that get, like, charm. Text in, like, nice, tight, nice tight man bun. Well, I was going to say, he could do the move where, like, midway through the dance, he, like, un takes out the man bun and shakes yeah. out his hair. Yeah, he'd be one of the person, people that, like, he's literally, the woman that he's with, like, carried him through, like, the dance routine, but... His he's pro luck, he's like, probably famous enough if he wanted to. They might let him on, yeah, you know, they usually... So who would be... Well, uh, this isn't on here, but we asked this a, a couple weeks ago. Who would be the best Bachelor? Who do you think should be on The Bachelor from Bowerman? See, like, I've never really watched The Bachelor, but it's just, like... I'm just, like, so out of the game of, like, having a woman, like, think that I'm cool and just, like, <laughs> court her. <laughs> well, isn't, isn't the whole point of the bachelor that they're courting you yeah. uh, I don't know probably like who's like single in our group like I don't know I would just like the easy answer is just to like say Jagger but like I don't think you'd be like that funny on it like you need someone like like a crazy attitude I w I can definitely see see that I think he's got that personality cult <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, that's always 
it's it's always funny to think about for sure. <laughs> you stopped yourself from saying there you go. I know it's been a thing. <laughs> we can we'll address it now. Apparently, I say there you go on the podcast a lot. I cut it out like five times the first episode. We're just gonna make our peace with it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, who would you draft to run for president? Hmm. See, I think, like, Lopez, but, like, Lopez wasn't born in America, right? So he technically can't be president. Yeah. But I think, like, Bumby or CD, but, like, CD would, like, do something crazy as president. So, like, I think, like, Bumby is, like, like the people's person. I like how you, like, people's really choice. are thinking through these No, because this like, is stuff, like, we literally <laughs> talked about, like, president last week on a ride. It's just, like, I, I can imagine all that. All this stuff, it's, like, freaky that we, we just, like, talk about this stuff randomly. But, like, we, I think we, like, all decided that it would be, like, Bumby. Is CD going to be a little mad that you didn't pick him? CD will be mad that I didn't pick him, but, like, CD would just, like, he reads so much about, like, the economy and stuff like that. He would just, like, be president and just, like, institute something crazy that, like, the people would just, like, revolt against him. I was going to say, he's got that Stanford degree. He's a thing. liberal yeah. elite, you he know? He something crazy. Whereas, like, Bumby's, like, he, he would think about everything a lot and just, like, do what's best for the people. There, he can be, like, the... CD can be the attorney general or something, just, like, go off and do his own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but who was your best pick for the beer mile? Oh, it would be me, for sure. We talked yeah. about this, too. Yeah, I did a beer mile on one of my recruiting trips. I think it was at Auburn, and I ran, like, 550. I was going to say, what's the statute of limitations on that? <laughs> at Auburn, yes. I think, like, the whole coaching staff has changed there, so... I think there, all right, we're, so we're in the clear. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's, I couldn't imagine. 550 is not bad. That's that's moving. Yeah, I think I had done, like, two or three before. Like the, the Like, the first time I did one was my last year of high school and it was bad like I ended up like puking and had to do like the the, the penalty, penalty lap, lap and it was bad so but like I think that like, like was my third who would one. give you the best race um maybe J- Jagger um CD um I want I want to see that even like, what, what about on the girls side oh like Shelby probably could kill one I could see that pretty good um see like I don't like know like Kate or like Mariel as much yet, so I'm sure they would do well. But yeah, I think on the women's side, like Shelby would probably go get that. Well, I don't know what the women's world record is. I don't know. As much as I am skeptical of the whole like professional beer miling thing, I'm now thinking that I would pay a lot of money to watch a ba- all Bowerman beer mile. That has the the world record in the beer mile just broke four two weeks ago. You gotta be if you're gonna run four yeah, thirty in the beer mile, you gotta be a sub four miler. Yeah. yeah, he's a kid. He's a kid from uh, he trains with um, Melissa Bishop under the coach there okay. in Windsor. Yeah, cool. He's a good guy. Yeah. That's that's going to be on the uh, docket for you'll have the Bowerman Blue Jeans Mile and the Bowerman Beer Mile. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's definitely. Do you have a good we oh, this is a good long run topic. Do you have a gimmick mile? Like if you're going to start your like, you know, grassroots uh I guess like fad of a mile, like do you have a good idea for one? Mm-hmm. It's a hard one. I I, 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 I always need to prep people. About. Yeah. Johnny was saying he wanted to do a Healy's mile. He was mad I didn't ask him about <laughs> it on that. Well, David still claims that he could break... I think five. I could break five in flip-flops. Yeah. I, I'm really good at running in flip-flops. I think a flip-flop mile would be good. Me and my, like, best friend uh, that I went to Louisville with were always joking about, like, these, like, these guys that were, like, still running, kind of, like, hanging out in their careers, and it was, like, bad that we were making fun of them, but we were always saying, like, oh, I could beat that guy in, like, a pair of skate shoes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be 
fun to watch. We always said that we were going to run one, uh, like, joke steeplechase and just, like, full basketball, like, Cornell basketball uniform <laughs> and just, like, two-hop every barrier. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, in keeping with the Winter Olympics theme, uh, who do you think would be most likely to win a medal in figure skating? Well, probably me because no one else has like been on skates. Like Dan, like thinks he could beat me in hockey, but like there's no way. I think like Jagger's been on skates, like maybe CD, but I think like just purely based on like I'm the only one that like grew up on skates. All right, uh, who'd be mo- who'd you draft to survive a zombie apocalypse? We've talked about like something similar to that. Is like if you put all the Batman people in like Hunger Games, who would win? And it was like decided that it would like come down to like me and Lopez. And, like, it would be him winning, like, killing me in, like, a brutal way. Oh, God. <laughs> I would be so bad at that. I would I'd be the first one to go. I'd be like, nope, I can't do this. This is horrible. I don't like blood. There's no Starbucks here. Like, this is... <laughs> Not about it. No, don't trap me to survive a zombie apocalypse. I'm very soft. <laughs> yeah, like, it's funny, like, when, when Walking Dead first came out, I was, like, really into it. It's, like, gotten really bad now, so I stopped. But, you like, you watch the show and you're constantly thinking, like, what would you do in those scenarios? But it's just, like, you... You you quickly like scheme up what would you do, but I definitely like have like a samurai sword and a bunch of guns. <laughs> that would yeah, I would be the. Man, you guys talk about everything. <laughs> every you do you do a lot of running. You it ends up coming up yeah. With the same guys every single day, you just like you don't like run out of topics. It's just like new things you talk about. Yeah, the weapon, samurai sword. In college, we always we would have entire like long run debates on just like whether you should do training Sunday to Saturday or Monday to Sunday. So like Dan texted us this picture in our group thread last week, and it was like a picture of like. And I'm probably getting this wrong, but it was like a, a, a bunch of different animals and you could only choose three, like three of the scenarios. It was like four buffaloes, like two tigers, 10,000 rats, a man with a gun, like 20 eagles. And like it, it, our like debate was like, what would you choose? And like it came To do down, what? Like <laughs> you choose two animals, two animal groups to protect you and the rest of them will be attacking you. So it was like, it came, like the consensus was that we all would choose the 10,000 rats and the eagles to protect us. Are they trained? Are they like intelligent? Well, that, yeah. like, that's what the debate was. It's like, are all these animals trained to like, are the eagles and the rats trained to protect you? And are all the other ones like their sole purpose is to kill you? That was like the big debate. You, you guys could like put like a Bowerman book of long run topics together. That, like, I just honestly, die. this. It sounds like you guys are very on brand with what this podcast is trying to be. So the next time any any of your teammates are in town, tell them to hit me up because we're going to have... We've already... I'm looking at the time like this has been the longest podcast by far. <laughs> um, but this is, this is great. And now I'm, I feel like the, the... Well, the problem with the rats, though, is like I feel like you could just like... Like the lions could just stampede over like... But, like, when you think, like, 10,000, that's a lot. <laughs> and, like, I'm just, like, speaking, like, from personal experience, like, we had a rat in our college house, and this thing was, like, the size of a football. <laughs> think of, like, 10,000 football-sized rats, but, like, they're just going to jump all over those, like, Wait, elephants and gorillas and just, like, not there. Back up here. How long was the football-sized rat in your house in college? <laughs> I mean, it was, we never caught it, so it was just there. It was just scaring around. I'm the extra roommate. Mice, yeah. Oh, we have mice. We don't have, haven't seen a rat yet. They don't bother us. They're just, they're just another roommates. Yeah. They do bother us. They shit on our stove. <laughs> it's we had mice for a while. We got rid of them, fortunately. No, knock on wood. But it's just, 
It was a whole thing. Nicky's probably, he's still hanging in there. Lewis roots for him. He roots for him against me. We I try to kill the mice. We also and have pet bats, but that's another story. <laughs> that's the story for another day. When we do the Kinross episode, we'll, we'll get into all of that. Yeah. All right. This has this been great. Well, so we're, we're definitely running long, but you are welcome back anytime because this has been just a, a lot of fun. Um, we end every episode with the big three questions. Um, same questions every episode. Uh, we'll go, let's go Lewis, Matt, me. Um, who is your Instagram crush right now, Lewis? I can't say myself. <laughs> you do love, <laughs> Lewis does love his own Instagram more than anyone. <laughs> that, was gonna, that was my stupid joke answer for that question. Um, no, not actually. I think there's this account called um, the Dogist that I follow, and it's cool, they just post pictures of dogs. It's kind of like the Humans of New York one, only with dogs. And they, like, tell you, like, the breed and the name of the dog and how old the dog is, and there's a healthy amount of Australian Shepherds, so that's cool. But, um, I also like a good joke account, too. I follow probably good way too many memes. meme accounts, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll go with that one. Yeah, I'm kind of the same, like, I love Star Wars. There's like this Star Wars meme account that I just like think is hilarious. Oh, podcast about to run. Another oh time. man, <laughs> I love a big Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars <laughs> okay. too. So we're gonna. Uh, I think this is gonna have to be. You're gonna have to come back. We're gonna have another episode <laughs> just, just talking about Star Wars. Last Jedi, yes or no? It was great. Did no, you like it? No. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Let, I'm just gonna like go to the bathroom. <laughs> Thirty seconds. What was your problem with it? I just felt like there was so much buildup from from the first one to now, and they just did, like didn't answer any questions. Like the big one, like we were supposed to find out like who Ray's parents were, like who, that, just nothing. Like and all of a sudden, like Snoke, he was this big character. And, like oh, he's dead now. Oh, it's crazy. And it's like all spoilers, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, anyone yeah. who hasn't well, watched. Well, you haven't watched Star Wars by this <laughs> yeah. point. Like, what are you doing? It's just, like, <laughs> I, I just feel like there was like so many like built up like. Is Phasma dead? Like, there's supposed to be this big fight, and all of a sudden she just falls I down. I want her to come back. Just, like, stupid thing, and it's just like, and what was with the side plot? They were, like, went up to some casino so, right. world, because and then all of it. That would have been a perfect segue to bring in Lando Calrissian. I, I thought when they, at the end, I thought when Carrie Fisher was like, uh, like oh, we're like, put out a distress call, like, we'll see who comes. I thought for sure, like, the exactly. last scene was just going to be like. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, we're going to use, like, jumping into hyperspace as an attack form. That was like, awesome. Why did no one think of that in the other Wait, Star Wars movie? They could use that to destroy But just the as a film, it was an incredible scene. They cut out the audio. That was that was beautiful. I'll I fight you on I that. Like think, I just think it was it was a good movie, but it could have been better. Is what I. It could have been all right. I'll, as long as you acknowledge that it was a good movie, we are. This I is, I totally agree. <laughs> did you haven't seen it, right? I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I thought I just thought it was a great movie. I thought I liked how it destroyed a lot of convention. I think that the if for nothing else, the fight scene. Where they're fighting in the in the throne room is like one of the best things that's ever been yeah, by like Star me, Wars. Yeah, Dan and CD are like the big three Star Wars guys on the team, and we had like a sixty minute run, just like just kind of tearing it apart. We had our my college teams has like a group me that like we still use, yeah. and we created a side group me <laughs> because we're like the Star Wars movie came out. We're like we know it's gonna go down a rabbit hole. There are people who don't give a fuck about this. We need to just move it, and then like that group me had like. 300 messages yeah like I, like I know like some of the guys in the in, in our group don't like don't even watch Star Wars so I started like an old Republic group and we're oh, talking about it so. that's great um, yeah I just like it was good I just felt like there's a there's a huge build up and it's it's tough when the movies are like spaced two years apart because like you like 
you you create the movie that you want to see in your mind yeah. and then it, like if it doesn't build up to that it's not and I guess maybe it's unfair because like I think it was definitely the expectations game you like if you were happy your expectations were defied it was good and if you were like wanted your expectation to be fulfilled it was like frustrating yeah, yeah. alright everyone's getting so derailed <laughs> <laughs> Um, my Instagram crush is this guy, Matt Shirley, who does these charts. Like, he just has, like, funny charts, and he puts, and he, they're on whiteboards, and he does them every day. Oh, it's, cool. it's, okay. it's, like, Matt Schur, S-U-R-E-L-E-E. It's, it's very funny. You should go look Check it up. Yeah. Uh, go-to karaoke song, Lewis? Yeah. Uh, I sang Wagon Wheel on the track house, but I'd probably go with something a little angstier if I was, like, out at a bar. So I'll, I'll go with Sugar, We're Going Down. That's a good one. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, I mean, I suck at singing, so... Um, I think, like, my 19th or 20th birthday, or I think it was 20th or 21st birthday, we were in Oshawa, I had a bunch of friends over, we went out to this, like, this bar called The Tartan, which is, like, just a bar around the corner, and have karaoke nights, and, like, all my buddies are there, and for some reason, I decided that singing Bohemian Rhapsody would be, like, the best <laughs> idea in the world. Like, just everyone ruin everyone's night. Like, yeah, <laughs> ten minutes long, and it's, like, awful. I, I mean, it's oh, a great man. song, like, when it's, you, like, listen to it in yeah. the car, but, like, It's a great song when Freddie Mercury sings it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just, like, up there, just, like, just doing it so bad. The guitar solo comes, like, I pick up the mic stand, I'm playing it like a guitar, and, like, the guy, like, running the karaoke is like, okay, it's time to take it away. <laughs> just like, winding you down. Get yeah. like, away. No cheers or anything. I just, like, go right to the bar and order a drink. I like that. I think mine this week is going to be uh, Al Green, Let's Stay Together. Just some, like, smooth R&B. Okay. That's, like, the, you know, seduce everyone in the audience. <laughs> yeah. All right. And death row meal. You're going to the chair. You get one more meal. Yeah, this one's tough because, like... I'm a big burger person, pizza, um, but I think everyone that knows me knows that I eat eggs a lot. So if I was, like, actually going to die, I think I'd have to end with, like, a really, really good egg sandwich. It'd be, like, bacon and on an everything bagel. If, if you're going out, you got to go out on brand. That's the most know, Louis Serafini thing, you know? And there would have to be, a, like, a good IPA on the side, too. That would be eggs and beer. Burrito sponsor, beer sponsor. We're working on it. It's Eggs, a work in progress. Sponsor. Yeah. When you come back, we'll have we'll have a burrito sponsor and a beer sponsor and an egg sponsor. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, I'm gonna like segue this into like a story that we had last week. We talked about American in Portland, like what's like the best like street hat trick, which means like you can eat at three places on that street, and that would be the hat trick. And like I performed one of the best hat tricks in Portland, which is the 23rd Street hat trick, where you go to Pepino's, which is like the best burrito place, and then right across the street is Blue Star Donuts. Oh, I mean, you can't go wrong with really yeah. any of the donuts there, but for me personally, I would go the blueberry bourbon donut, and then like 100 meters down the road, there's a coffee shop, and just get a cappuccino, and then I'd die. That's, That's a good hat trick. Uh, we always did in Ithaca actually has a really good restaurant scene, but of course, as college runners, we didn't take advantage of it at all. And But we would always, after long runs, the Chipotle and the Five Guys were right across the street from each other, and the Chipotle Five Guys double was, like, our, like, if you were feeling ballsy that day, if you'd rip some miles, like, that was... Nice. You get both. And in honor of our night last night, uh, Lewis and I were headed home, um, just a late night of, you know, core and rolling out and preparation for the next day. Meditating. Um, <laughs> we were trying to find food, and we were going to... We're, there's a McDonald's and a Five Guys like right next to each other in Alston and it was like 
two. They both closed at two. It was both like places like had people in them still, but like they had yeah. It was like two oh five, and it was so frustrating. And so I think my death row meal is gonna be a Five Guys burger. David, because actually, we, when we were going to Five Guys, they had like the gate <laughs> pulled down, but it wasn't like all the way down. <laughs> and David was like, "Fuck it, we're going for it." And like walks up and like lifts up the gate, and like we just walked in, and the guys were just like, "No." They were not, they, in, in fairness to a. You know, excellent chain of establishment. They were very nice about they it. They, nice I, about I was being a dick, and, and they, they were had like, free "Peanuts." So yeah, well, they were just like, a, they're just like, we're not serving anymore. And I was like, fine. They didn't even yell at me or anything, which they should have, honestly. Yeah. But then I went home and made nachos, which is also very on brand for yeah, me. So. It's good after core and meditating. Nachos always the spot. So. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being on. This has been great. You are welcome back anytime. All right. Sounds um, good. Anyone on Bowerman is welcome back anytime because yeah. I want to hear more of these uh, long-run conversations. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, yeah. listening to us talk about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. And uh, this has been Run Your Mouth. Thanks, you.